Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Ali Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Okay, welcome back to the ladies' room. I totally thought I had a second, so I was drinking a little more coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> And I, I was think, like, swallow fast, swallow fast. Blum, 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 blum. Yeah, that's how that went. And I like, do you like how I, I always put on the persona? Like, da-da, no matter how I'm feeling before, once we hit record, all hands on deck. It's true. But I feel like I just show up however I really am. Yeah. Well, but I try to pretend I, I'm not. Well, that, that's totally a lie. Because right now, what I really want to do, it's like curl up in a little ball in a dark corner and sleep and have nobody talk to me for like at least two days that is like such a common mom feeling and so I imagine you're feeling it much more intensely like I there think was a- I'm really going through having an infant even though I yeah. never really had to do that exactly yeah I was gonna say there was a time when Riley was really little and we also had the two dogs they weren't puppies but they were two dogs big dogs and I was like all I want for Christmas is a day where no one needs anything from me I'll just leave me alone (laughs) I mean I remember the first time it occurred to me I could ask for mother's my mother's day present to be that um I just that my ex-husband would just take the kids all four of them for the whole day and then nobody would talk to me (laughs) he was like uh are we supposed to be doing something nice for you (laughs) like yeah that's it just go away thing that you could do (laughs) everyone just um I do remember when I think it was Riley was I don't know three or four and I could hear her and Eric plotting. And then she managed to hold it together. She, kept, she checked on me a bunch of times. And then at 7 a.m., she bounces in and goes, surprise, it's mommy's day. And then she crawled in next to me. I'm like, this is fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Although sleeping until seven with that little monster was kind of late. So it wasn't so <laughs> awful. All right. So we are on day two of geniuses working working genius debriefing our training yes all right but we're going to confess that it was actually yesterday that was yesterday because yeah. i had to run like the minute class was over i had to run back to Peggy. Yes. so i that was how that went and but we haven't also, even talked about it yet so you're getting our fresh take yes this is a fresh take and also that worked out great too because we were getting tile delivered that they said was going to be from two to six and then they said okay it's between two and three and then at 12 30 the guy knocked on the door I'm like dude and Welcome. so class had just it was just wrapping um so it was probably good timing and that All was right. quite the drama that freight delivery thank goodness eric was here they sent this old man and ten thousand pounds of tile <laughs> so wow. Eric ended well, up unloading at least your it. buff husband had some exercise if he wasn't I if he wasn't here I don't know what we would have done and the pallet loader wasn't big enough and there's gouges all over my driveway it's been quite a mess wow yeah the driveway right. is very nice but still it's all busted okay so day two well, first or- did you how was your focus like it was yes. I mean I know it was better but you didn't have it seem to have anything to play with No, I, I couldn't really play. I actually realized after we talked that there was no way that I could actually do Legos and pay attention because those actually, um, consume a lot of the, the attention channel. Like there's something so interesting about multitasking is we can do it if we're not consuming the same, if we're not trying to multitask in the same channel, which is why you can say, listen to a podcast while you're on a walk, 
or why I used to be able to listen to audiobooks when I was sewing. But if there was something really hard and I didn't understand it, I would have to turn the book off so that I could read what, right, what I was looking more. at. Yeah. So I realized that Legos would consume too much of the attention channel because you have to look and count and, you know, it would have been way too much, at least for me. I'm sure there's some Lego people that could do it. Without, do them all. But, but Legos aren't like they were when we were kids where it was like, here's your giant box of 800 Legos and you just piece them together. Like you have to follow a plan. See, I never played with Legos as a kid. I think they might've been too expensive. Oh, I think Legos were hitting their heyday when my brother was, um, at least in our world, when my brother was a kid. So I think that's how I was really more into like these transformer thingies, not actual transformers with like constructs. That's what they were called. Oh yeah. I remember constructs. And so Riley was super into Legos and Lego finally got it right. So here we are in the meadow and I don't even care, but Lego finally got it right. Um, where they tied it to stories to get girls more interested. So she was totally obsessed with this elf storyline. They had elves and then each of the elves one year. So the first year it was everyone, every elf had a different place that they, you know, this one flies this ship and this one has a bakery. And then the next year they all had a pet dragon. And then the next year, this, it kept expanding. And there was even a Netflix special about it. So she was totally obsessed. Um, And she built those sets. And then after a while, she did do it the way that kids our age when we were younger did it where she built like a basilisk she's like this head plus this body plus this you know articulated tail blah 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 and then she just kind of used them but I was kind of late to the lego game I never did them until I was an adult all right well I don't know if that's late to the game or just special but I don't know I I don't think I've done any legos since I was an adult I never did them as a kid so okay but now I have a question about the channels has anybody done any research about if men have like if their channels are bigger? So there's like, they can't, they can't focus on as many things as one at once. Like do women have, that would be their channels being smaller. No, No, because if you have a channel, like if you have bigger channels, wouldn't everything go in one channel? Oh no. I see more easily. I so few, you mean like fewer channels. No, it's no. just a human brain thing. It's just a human brain thing. So like if you're walking, you can talk and read a book or whatever, but you can't read a book and watch a TV show at the same time. I used to well, be able why to are women better at multi quote multitasking. I think we channel switch better. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Okay. Back so, to the meta. So, so there was, so there was nothing focus more. There was nothing for me to fidget with. So I diffused lemon. Um, and that was perfect because lemon is the oil of focus. And it's also not super intense. A lot of times if I'm in my office with my door shut, if I try to diffuse something more intense, it's way, it overwhelms me. Um, so lemon is nice and light and bright and it seemed to help. I was a lot more focused. Yeah, you were. And I didn't think that it was as entertaining of a day of content. And you, before we even started, were like dreading part of, and I don't even know where you even knew this was going to happen. I've paid no attention beforehand, but you knew there was going to be some kind of thing we had to do and work in a group. It was in the pre-work. So they said, read these scenarios ahead of time, and then you're going to get assigned to a group and your group will have a half an hour to work on your scenario. And then you'll present for seven minutes. And I did the math and I was like, oh man. 
We're going to be listening <laughs> to group projects for a yeah. long time. And I was kind of dreading the half hour, but my group was awesome. I loved my group. I didn't um, do any of my pre-work till the last minute. And yeah. that wasn't in the, what, now that it's in the portal thing, I just did what was there and that wasn't in there. So I missed it. Yeah, it was some email we got. Um, and what was so funny is the person that I was talking about who was talking about galvanized being so awesome. And then I was teasing you that you guys are just dicks. <laughs> he was in my group. And so I got to tease him too. Cause he, he said, obviously he said, oh, I was just joking. And I said, I know. And you, you have the same two geniuses, Allie, and she's the same way. And I got to tell him about, um, <laughs> how you, you couldn't remember that it was called the genius and that you kept calling it galvanized and he was laughing along. So I thought that was kind of fun that that worked out. Um, and I actually enjoyed my group we did and we learned a lot from each other and it was fun. It was a nice way to see it applied. And then I liked, um, during the evals that they've done this through. So we were the first official group, but they've done beta, I think like four or five betas. Mm -hmm. Um, because one of the people from the table group said, yeah, I'm sharing because I've been through these scenarios four times. Um, and so it was fun to hear, you know, the little nuggets that they've mined from, because 30 minutes to read it and seven minutes to present it, there's no way you're going to hit everything. There's no way, right? Like who would do that? Right. You know, hire us as a consultant, we will spend 30 minutes preparing and then you have seven minutes with us. (laughs) Like, obviously you're not going to do the whole thing, but I thought it was nice. And the scenarios were, um, nice and juicy. And I think they were based a lot in some real, um, some real scenarios that they've done, you know, names and details changed. Right. Of course. I, I hated the entire activity. I didn't really mind. Okay. So they broke us up in these like little groups of three people. And then we had a half an hour to like workshop this group and, or there are scenario and then seven minutes to present. So the 30 minutes was fine, but then the hour of hell where they, everybody went through their scenario. I hated that. And I was like, oh, I mean, I wasn't, I was really, yeah. really not enjoying any of that. Yeah. I was glad they broke us up into two groups because it was seven minutes to present five minutes for feedback. And I was like, Whoa, 12 times. I think there were 10 groups I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be almost the whole day, but they broke us up. So it was five groups in each section. It was way too much. Yeah. And your group didn't even get through all five of them. No, they didn't even get through all five of them. And then there was math confusion about all that. So yes, there was some zoom things. (laughs) I was, I will say I was really surprised how many people had never had even one other person in their lives do an assessment and talk to them about it. And yet they were invested enough to, you know, spend money and do this training. And we've been using it like everywhere. You've given the assessment to a bunch of people. I've given it to a bunch of people. Well, let's talk about the homework. The homework between the two nights was the most interesting part, I think for you, which was, um, we were supposed to Thursday, we were supposed to do it. I am super, super sorry. I have to, I have to take this. It's emergency. All right. We're going to (laughs) pause. I'm just going to pause. Okay. So we were saying before we had to pause for, and you know what you had, okay, I'm going to squirrel a second. You had one of the experiences just now. I had one like this and then I'll never forget one. I was out to lunch with one of my friends who worked the help desk and he got a phone, he got paged. And then it turned out to be an accidental, an accidental page. And he said, you know what? That's better than not getting paged at all. 
I feel better by getting a page that wasn't real. So you just got an emergency phone call that was intended for someone else. Right. I don't know if I feel that way. I think I'm so just like my, uh, I'm just strung out on like all the constant, like, oh no, this is happening and that's happening that I would rather not. Yes. Oh, and I can close the loop on um, Bobcha's water leak was at the neighbor's apartment too. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. I said, I hope that's what it, it did turn out that the tray under her AC is dripping. So they're going to fix that. But the actual leak that I had to run over and make sure it's actually the neighbor's patio leaking down into the apartment below them. Right. Because the condos okay. come so together. Like, oh, I hope you oh. remember where we were. I do. Um, I said Thursday, they gave us the homework assignment to do an assessment with someone and then come back and talk about it. So a lot of our, a lot of the first part of our day was talking about that. So um, I did Riley and you did Peggy, right? Yeah. So um, do you want to talk about Peggy's? Shall I talk about Riley's first? Which one do you want to go first? I, I don't, I don't know that there's anything really interesting to say. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you had some interesting insights. So um, she was exactly what I knew she would be. And same with your daughter. You weren't surprised at all. No, I wasn't surprised at all, but it was fun. So Riley came out um, invention number one and wonder number two, um, which doesn't surprise me at all because this is a child who. Um, has written, she's, she's made up stories and universes since before she could actually write. Um, for a while there, I was kind of infamous on my Facebook for a, a photo album I had called Fairy Peril, um, <laughs> because I used to always find these vignettes. The very first one I found, I think she was only four. She might've been a little bit younger was um, we have those, those cheese domes, you know, where you put the cheese on a little tray and there's a glass dome over it. Cause you're fancy. Right. when we used to be fancy. I have those from our fancy life that existed before we had Riley. We're not fancy anymore, but we used to be fancy. So I have all these fancy accoutrements and I walk in the living room and then there's Tinkerbell under the glass. I was like, oh dear, <laughs> I don't know what this is. And then for years, I would just find them. I'd find Rosetta. For those of you who don't know, Disney expanded their Tinkerbell storyline so that she has all these friends so that there's more dolls and more movies and things to buy and see. So I, my favorite one ever was like Rosetta strapped down with band-aids to something like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> so the fact that she was invent and wonder and, and the day I asked her to take it, she was working. She just bought all these campaign or the, all these books to do a D and D campaign. And so I was able to tell her, I'm like, yeah, this is your invention and your wonder. You're always wondering what could be this. And even inside the D&D campaign, she was creating rather than just creating a campaign. And she's never run one before. Um, she's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a, a DM. And then she instantly starts into creating a new species and a new class and all the thing. And so what was really interesting is that discernment was one of her frustrations. I'm like, yeah, I see this child bite off more than she can chew all the time. And she doesn't always know which ideas are good to run with and which aren't. Um, so we were able to talk about that a little bit. So she had uh, discernment and galvanizing in her frustration and invention and wonder was her genius. And that fits. She's a highly creative artist. She lives in her head and she often does, you know, doesn't know which, which ideas to pick. Right. I said, yeah, this is a place to have a friend in your life um, or your mom who's high in discernment to help you kind of filter and bounce your ideas off. And then we were also able to talk about last year, she had a project in one of her classes where um, she was doing a project with another boy, uh, with a boy, another student. 
and she couldn't get him to show up and do anything. And she was super frustrated. And I was like, well, some of that is the fact that it was a 12 year old boy on zoom. So really it's hard to hold that person to account. Um, (laughs) But with no galvanize, she didn't even know where to go with, you know, getting that done. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting. And then I'm thinking of, um, and I shared this in the training, her school has, um, on Fridays, they do this thing called explorations where they do these little extracurriculars. And sometimes they're just fun things. And sometimes they're extra academic. Um, and I was thinking of going in and doing something with thought work or coaching or working genius, some kind of combo of it, whatever that looks like. I'm going to go to the school and say, here's all the stuff, because imagine knowing that about yourself when you're in eighth grade. Or even in yeah, high there school. Was, I loved that there was a school that was participating and um, a college uh, that uh, um, one of that my mentor's children are about to go to his two twin boys, and um, I loved that they're they're working and starting to use the this everywhere. I think it'll be very commonplace in the years ahead. Much more part of the conversation. And while I do, I mean, I'm obviously still super obsessed with strengths. Um, and I love to use that to help people explore what they're great at. And I love strengths-based leadership. I, this is more accessible because, you know, there's 34 strengths and six genius. So, and it's strengths is more personality and then how you yeah. approach work. And this yeah. is really about how you work and a little bit of personality. Yeah. They were, they were very clear over and over 80% productivity, 20% personality. So it's much more practical. Like I could see in a, in a college career counseling situation, for example. Right. Yeah. Um, because I remember in either high school or middle school, they gave us this aptitude test, um, where it told us what kinds of jobs we would be good at, but even that isn't what this is because it's what kind of work are you going to love? What kind of work is going to light you up and give you energy and how to work in community. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. That's the other key thing is this idea that you can't do it all yourself which is one of the things that we were originally really interested in because we're surrounded by solopreneurs and we're very small businesses. And um, I loved the momentum that that brings to looking for what and how to source and how to participate still in a, in a work community. Yeah. And um, you pointed out something that was said on the first day that they said, which is every job is a six letter job. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. All of these genius. So you can't, You can't just say, well, that's my frustration. So, you know, I don't want to do it, but they also talked a lot. We didn't talk about this because this was on the first day, but I think it came up at at least in my scenario, because I'm all relational, um, the guilt and shame that sometimes if your genius doesn't match your role, that you feel bad about that. Um, in my scenario, there was, um, it was a gym. None of these are real, um, was a gym where they had all these great, one of the franchises wasn't doing well and they had all these great ideas and they had great execution, but they didn't have anything in the activation stage. They had the leader had discernment and nobody had galvanizing. And in fact, most of them had discernment and, and galvanizing in their frustration, including the leader. Um, and one of the things I brought up when I did our scenario was, um, check in with this guy because he has galvanizing and tenacity in his frustration. And if he feels like he's the one who has to keep pushing the team and moving them forward, you're going to burn him out and make him feel bad. Um, and also going in and really edifying the team and saying, um, these imaginary people, I really had their back. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) All you need is a good story. I was totally going to joke about Riley. Like, of course, she grew up making fairy catastrophes and all the things because her mother doesn't know if um, Santa Claus and Princess Diana are really that different. Right. Well, they're not in my brain. They're not. My brain has the same amount of evidence for both of them. Not my prefrontal, but as yes, far as like how you take in and sort information. But anyway, um, like I could see that because in the scenario, it was the corporate office who was calling in the team to say, hey, why is this franchise uh, struggling? Um, and how important it is to go in and tell the team, hey, you guys are fantastic at two of the three phases and you have a gap here. It's not that you're bad at it. You actually have a gap. Right. You know, like you're painting, you guys are great at painting and you just don't have any blue and red on your palette. So you can't make purple no matter how hard you try. Um, So I really like that they talked about the guilt and shame. And then we talked a little bit too about like a lot of leaders can feel guilty if they don't have one of them. And then something that didn't really come up in the conversation, but was kind of occurring a little bit in the chat. I know I put one in there about that which is how um, guilty a mother can feel if they don't have enablement, which is the come alongside and help genius. Or just like women in the Christian church, I think. Yeah. Or even in work, right? Like um, they said enablement people are often called the team players. And if you don't have enablement, you can be accused of not being a team player because you're not the come alongside and help. And I think that gets levied at women a lot more than men. That's been my experience anyway. Like women are expected to be helpful and um, I don't know, all that stuff in enablement, which I understand a little bit better now that I did the training. <laughs> okay. So my group, okay. I'll tell you my homework and my, t- my one takeaway from my group, my, um, my homework, I did Peggy's and I was a little worried because she was pretty, I mean, she's on a lot of narcotics, right? So I was a little worried, like maybe I shouldn't use, you know, one of mine on her, but um well, they gave All us two extra her, ones. I know I did too. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm very obedient. So I did one to Peggy and then they, and one to um, my friend, Lisa. So the first one with Peggy, like all of Peggy's strengths are executing strengths. So there was no, I mean, she's purple, 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 like what's there to do? Let's do it. Let's do it. So hers were tenacity and enablement, zero surprise. And um, my top strength is her bottom galvanizing. And so we actually had such a good conversations like about how she could see that dynamic play out in her childhood. And, and, you know, like when she got galvanized, she had, you know, she would execute on things. And so it was really kind of a fun conversation. And then I did. Um, so my friend Lisa is a juvenile probation officer. Also, I think she's by far our biggest fan. Like yes. she always listens to our Shout podcast out. and Shout out to Lisa. Hello. She gives me the best feedback, right? I love it. And she listens every week when it comes out. And I love it so much because she says, I miss you so much. And so I'm always listening. I feel like I'm in the room with you. So sometimes when I talk to you, I listen to the podcast. (laughs) It's so sweet. I love it. So Peggy, or I mean, so Lisa, um, I was sure that Wonder was in her top two and it was her number three. And it was really interesting to think through that because I wasn't surprised that enablement and discernment were high, but I really thought that wonder because she, in my life, she sits often around in my kitchen and she says, you know, I wonder why this kid is doing this or that. Like, you know, why well, wonder why Josie, this is happening. Or, Wait, but what are her you know, top? Say her top again. 
I think it's galvanized. I mean, I think her top is um, uh, discernment and um, enablement and then wonder. Yeah. See, so she's doing the back pedal. She's doing the back pedal, but her um, all like her work in the world is really around creating community and working with kids in crisis and families. And so she pulls her wonder up um, all the time. And most of the time that I experience her working, um, she's, she's doing that a lot of that in my world because she's problem solving with me. So I thought it was interesting to realize like that, that part of her work is actually probably taxing when she has to stay in that space all the time. Yeah. Cause she's tapping, she's tapping her wonder to serve her enablement when yeah. she says, I wonder how I can help this kid. She's right. tapping her wonder to serve her enablement. So that's really interesting. Um, and it's, it's like, like a little jet pack, right? Like, pe- like yeah. I don't like my um, invention is my number three and people experience me often as like, oh, I would have thought you would have had an invention. I'm like, oh no, I just, I'm really good at stealing other people's inventions. But, in service um, of galvanizing something. In service of galvanizing something or, or strategically, right? Like I'm great right. at putting all the parts together in a certain way that it looks like something new. Um, and so that's why that experience, but I think that third genius people really can pull up easily, but only in certain contexts. Right. Like, um, like we were talking about on part one of this, that you finally realized I do have galvanized pretty high up, but only for my own ideas and stuff I'm enamored with, not for its own sake. Right. Like if her, like, I don't remember what hers was, but let's say galvanizing was her last. And you were like, I need you to pull your wonder for your galvanizing, that would just be like, what the fuck? Why? I wonder yeah, why I have to right, fucking no. do this. And here's something interesting in my scenario too, um, because I'm friends with a galvanizer. Um, they had, the, so in the scenario, in the gym scenario, they had zero galvanizing. So they had all these great ideas for retaining <laughs> members, but they had right. zero galvanizing. So they couldn't, couldn't go down through. So we were supposed to make some suggestions. And one of the suggestions I made was, go to the gym and find those members who are always bringing their friends who are super excited about the gym, who are talking about it, bring guests all the time. That person's probably a galvanizer and it would probably be really easy to enroll them in helping get a couple of these initiatives moving forward. Like they had all these great ideas and they couldn't move them forward. And the, the, during the feedback session, they're like, Oh, no one's ever said like get a gym member. I'm like, yeah, you probably have like, it, and it's easy to see a galvanizer, right? They're the one who shows up at the gym with like 10 friends. <laughs> like that's the galvanizer. Like who here brought in the most guests this month? Yeah. That's your galvanizer. I don't um, know if that's always true, but it's often true. Cause sometimes the galvanizer is the person who drove the person who then brought 10 people. Cause I, in my galvanizing, like I do kind of like to shoot, you know, like buckshot at everybody, what I'm into. Um, but I'm way more strategic. Like for me, it's about how do I pull that person by the hair to go get vaccinated? Like it's really, really strategic. Yeah. But you brought, you brought what three people in to do optimize with you, three or four people in four, to do yeah. optimize with you. And you also brought me into genius and you've given the assessment to, I don't even know how many people like, right. I'm not wrong about this. Like if they need galvanizing, no, it's not a bad I think maybe I got a little disconnected from it when you, when we went to the gym, but it's true, whatever I'm into. And so whoever's yeah. doing it is probably right. Right. Like probably not, into that. it's not that every galvanizer would bring people to the gym. It's that if you have a member at the gym, who's always bringing guests, 
they're probably have that in their they're genius. probably yeah. a galvanizer and so that would be a, a way to you know in an in this emergency shortcut situation that we were advising them in in seven minutes right to say you know hey you know julie we see that you just love this class you've brought so many guests to our new class and we have these yeah. two initiatives and we just can't get them going and a galvanizer would be like a hell yes to that just for the fun of galvanizing right the same way if a gym said you know we don't have any ideas lynn can you give us some ideas i would be like yeah here you go i was gonna say and also speaking of i heard at least two i think three times people like the facilitators say as many times as we've done this we've never heard that and i'm like lynn 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 right like <laughs> that I was like that's what she does it's great um invent 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 so the one big takeaway I had from my group other than how much I hated the larger you know seven minute presentations was um in my scenario there was a whole bunch of executives of a software you know startup kind of company and they didn't have um any they had tons of galvanizing and actually I don't see that very I've never had a team or large group of people where I saw you know, like the majority had galvanizing in their genius, but um, this group did in this scenario, but they had no discernment. And again, also like, I think discernment is one that I see pretty, pretty common. So common, pretty commonly anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they showed, when they showed the team map for the table group, all but one of them had discernment as a genius and nobody zero had it as a frustration. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I do. And maybe it's the, pe- maybe it's the people that I spend my time with, but I, I see discernment. I don't, and once I assemble a team map of anybody, any, most teams, I've never had a team so far that had no discernment, but this scenario didn't. And then one of the things that they said was how dangerous they said, you know, I love, I love this. And Lechioni has said this on his podcasts and stuff, but, and at his trainings, like there's no one for leadership, but certainly a, a well Oh, how I'm going to butcher it. A self-aware leader is the best genius to have for leadership. And then next after that, having some discernment is super, super helpful. And the, yeah, they said either went on to say it was dangerous, like this much, um, galvanizing without the discernment is dangerous. And I was kind of wishing that I could get somebody to do my ex-husband's and tell me his, because we used to work together so much. And I think that he was amazingly good at galvanizing people and terrible, like t- no wisdom is how I, how I look at it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if he had discernment anywhere in his top, but also no wisdom is separate <laughs> maybe from... on the six altogether. Yeah. Um, um, and what's uh, shoot. What was I going to say about that? Oh, they said as a leader, either having discernment or having the humility and self-awareness to know that you don't and bring someone yeah. in with it and not, and that's the guilt and shame again too, right? Like, listen, this right. is not in my genius. Um, and it exhausts me to do it. And I feel drained and I really want to stay in my strength, my genius. So it's not, it's not even that you're bad at it. It's just, you're, I mean, I guess it is bad. You are bad at it because you just run out of steam. Um, before. I think it depends how far things are down in your genius, like how really accessible it is or isn't. But right. Um, I also, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. Um, I don't know. Never you were mind. talking about your ex and how he has no wisdom and no discernment. 
just like a whole podcast in itself a whole podcast which I would I mean I was literally I mean I spent more of my adult life probably working with him more than anybody else other than you and so I was you know in my mind thinking through like that kind of leadership his ability to get people in motion was unbelievable and he was brilliant but it wasn't measured and I think that the uh, oh this is one of the things like I, that I took away was they talked about so many of the people in our little breakout groups were talking about how a lot of times you can't discern your own ideas for people that are um, ideate or um, invent and discern in their top two, that they still need to bring in the community um, that discernment piece. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't, they said, they said, we didn't talk very much about this, the invent discern loop. Um, And they said some people who have it high up do it they loop on themselves. Yes. Um, and I do Some wonder and mentors do it on themselves yeah. too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I love that they said dangerous because I've been on teams where, um, the leader for sure was like invent galvanized with no discernment. Right. And that is misery because they're just getting everyone going on every shitty idea that pops in their head. Yeah. And I know how, I mean, from walking through your life with you, how often you've tried to bring contribute discernment and um, the executive team or the person in power often didn't, wasn't even interested in listening. And it's so foolish. Yeah, it is. It's like, Hey, listen, this is a terrible idea. And here's why. No, no, no. I have great ideas. Like, all right, Right. you have a lot of ideas. (laughs) Yeah. And my discernment and galvanizing work in tandem, like my discernment informs what there is to galvanize, like give me 80 ideas and let me talk them through and hear them. And I will know just instinctively what to take action on. But I don't, I experience your discernment. Like I go to you, like, which thing should I do? (laughs) Here's all the things. And that's not as much how I use my discernment. So that part was interesting. Yeah. Um, I think I used my, it's interesting because the first time I took the test, I came out invention at the top discernment second or discernment third tied with, um, no, my two ties for second. I, yeah, I had a tie between discernment and galvanized were tied and they introduced some tie breakers and discernment moved up to my first position, but I think it might actually be discernment and invention were tied for one and two, maybe, Um, but I, I'm so much more distinguished about what discernment is now that I don't know if I can even take the assessment accurately anymore. So I don't know whichever one is higher, <laughs> probably just however I'm feeling that day. But I, I actually use my discernment to like choose things to have ideas about. I almost use my discernment on my, on like stuff out there and then be like, oh yeah, this is, this is the right thing to have an idea about. And then also I know, we were joking when I, I, we were joking at the training that um, when I used to work in the startup space that you and I were going to have like a show someday called honey, that's a dumb idea because people would just pull me in. And so of course end up pulling you into conversations about, and I'm like, y'all with your startups, you just need somebody to tell you how stupid your idea is. So you can just save like three years of your life and focus on the good stuff. Right. Yeah. That one's dumb. That one's good. Um, And I do find like, I use my discernment to refine my own invention a lot of times too. Like I'll be thinking Mm -hmm. about something and I can feel myself like rolling it around and whittling it down and, you know, discarding a piece and adding a piece. And I'm sure that's discernment and not just invention. Yes. Okay. So I have two things in my brain before we move toward finishing one. um, 
I'm really curious, like if you want to share what your overall impression of the training was, because I know they asked at the very end and both you and I re refrained from like popping into the comments, our score of everything, but I was messaging you snarkily and you were messaging actually, me back. I did answer their direct question was how confident do you feel to go out and use this in the world? On a but scale they of were tying it into because of this training. Oh, well then I answered wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I was like 90% of the way confident to start using it in the world. And they maybe gave a little frosting. Right. That's what I thought. Of, also. I'll be honest. A lot of times, and this is not about just this certification. There are a lot of certifications I do just to have the seal. Yeah. And I think I wanted to also feel kind of close to what the company was evolving in the world because I, I value it. So so much. Yeah, I wanted I wanted a door into the community. So yeah. I wasn't expecting to I was a little distracted the first day because my brain, like if you want to talk about right. strengths, I have input and learner in my top five. Input learner ideation activator and relator. So I show up for stuff like tell me all the things so I can store them and yeah. retrieve them later. So my input learner were really unhappy the first day. Yeah. Um, I agree. Like, I was like, oh, this is a little like not new information, but, but to be fair, I wasn't expecting that's where it's like, I go in there, both not expecting them to give us a lot of new material because they're still writing. They're literally still writing the book and they've given us a ton of material already. And yeah. also having my input learner be like, I'm grumpy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I don't right. expect you to teach me anything, but I'm grumpy because you didn't. And not in a way that I would be critical of them, but in a way that I'm like, I'm bored. I'm bored. Yeah. I was way more bored on the first day. And then the second day was more fun because I did enjoy, um, I had a good group. Um, the three, the three person group I was in, I really enjoyed that group and mm -hmm. we bandied about and we we discovered some stuff and we refined some stuff. Like I found the 30 minute prep much more. I loved that part. Yeah. yeah. Much and more I wanted to play with a lot of the other participants. Like, can we just have our own masterminds and break out and keep talking more? Because there was a lot of good experience inside the conversation, even just of each other's genius and perspectives about things and, you know, debating like, no, no, that's not how we experience those people. And just some of that stuff. Yeah. So like, if you look at the credentialing and the networking element, this certification was totally a no brainer to do. And yes. I, I was hoping to learn something also. And I would say I learned less than I thought I would, but also yeah. the stuff that was valuable was valuable. Yeah, I agree. I would have not loved if it was like a week of continuing where we were at. Like, oh my gosh, like, could you imagine? No. Yeah. Cause at the end um, of the day, it was, it was a one day training really. Right. Spread over two days. Yeah. One half hour of homework or whatever. Like an eight hour day. So yeah. But who could do um, eight hours on Zoom? Super, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No, thank God they didn't do that. And I'm super excited about where they're going. Like nothing but props and respect. I, I loved the, the majority of the leaders. Well, there were four facilitators. Yeah. There are five facilitators, right? Plus there was four plus the Cody guy kept jumping. Yeah. Four in. plus one kept popping in and out. Um, also they, and I, they were mostly women, which I loved. Yeah. Um, they mentioned how the interest in certification kind of caught them by surprise. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure. And they said, every time they've beta tested it, the IDs have, have like given them something to refine. Although right. I don't really have any suggestions for them in the training. I don't know what to tell them to do differently. 
honestly, oh, I don't know I've what got their ideas. <laughs> um, but I bet if we talked about it, like I, we won't bore everybody on the podcast, but we should, we should banty it around a little bit and then give them some good ideas because yeah, I think there yeah. were, I think uh, like the fact that the engagement and there wasn't nearly enough time to ask the actual questions that, about what was getting discovered. And I wish that there would have been way more space for, for that, even if it was like, we're going to just stay on for an hour and answer questions. But they I feel that. like there's a way to get questions answered. They yeah. didn't. They, they moved they said, to that next scenario. Well, they said they would stay. I thought they said there would be a Q&A after that. But um, yeah. there was some technical stuff that I thought could be iterated. Like if you're, there were, people were asking questions by raising their hand, by coming off mute and by putting them in the chat. And that right. gets really, but I mean, now we're just, dissecting and I don't want to do that on the podcast, but that, that is like, zoom is difficult. And it seems like zoom was, is a little bit challenging for them. So I think that's part of it also. Okay. So here's my biggest thing that I've been dying to talk to you about, and we haven't gotten to yet. So here here we go. So my biggest thing that I was left with is I have, like, I have to maybe solve this for myself and my exploration of this model, because the premise is that every, you know, here's the six genius, everybody gets two. And that you know, really God gave everybody this need to work productively together, but also that like these are shared in a community in some way that's really workable across the community to pull for everyone's best. And I love that. And that is the work that is part of what I've really um, taken away from this is this could transform the world of work. And it's, it's lovely. My where I'm stuck that I didn't get to like ask anybody about is what we talked about in the last podcast about the elevation piece. Mm -hmm. And if it takes the most time to do things, the closer you get to the ground, which I even experienced just with you, like it takes me for freaking ever to do, like you could give me 10 good ideas in an afternoon that would take me months, months and months and months to, to galvanize around and even longer for people to enable in tenacity. And so I, I haven't, I mean, and, and maybe it's my community, but I don't think in most, um, I don't know if you take a subsection of everybody, if we aren't pretty top heavy or bottom heavy with the geniuses from the bottom up with tenacity, enablement, galvanize, you know, working backwards with how many people have those in their genius, then in the normal, just how much time goes into work that means that most people have to live in an area that's often super frustrating, doesn't it? Well, actually, as you've been talking about this, I've been thinking and having ideas about it. Okay, good. (laughs) And I think part of it is, so it's invisible work again, because um, I have, my brain is a little overwhelmed with all the things I have to say. So let me see if I can whittle it down to one or two. So my invention would not be anywhere near as good if I didn't just go out and read things and absorb things and interact with stuff and just kind of totally squirrel, squirrel all around. But I've always done that on my own time. That's never been. So I show up to a company full of raw material that I assembled on my own. Um, and I think it would take the courage. So what I'm thinking about is I remember um, I'm a huge fan of Mad Men. Um, I love to watch that show. And Uh, sometimes Don Draper would just go to the movies. And at one point someone asked him about some movie and he said, 
he didn't know it. And she's like, what? You see everything. And he went to the movies all the time and he took tons of naps. Now also he was like an alcoholic and stuff, but, um, (laughs) but then he would pop out with like three ideas. But I think if you didn't let him go to the movies, it's kind of like, I have a lot of great ideas and discernment, but it comes from the stuff that happens outside the workday. And then I'm forced to like clock the rest of my 40 hours doing stuff I don't like. So I'm actually working more hours, even than somebody who's in tenacity and enablement, because I actually do need to listen to a million podcasts and read all kinds of books and watch movies and TV shows and talk to people and just consume, consume, consume in order to have those ideas. So I think it would take the courage of saying like, when we have an inventor, they need a lot of time to just sit (laughs) and stare or read or play ping pong or whatever. And I actually, um, I spent one summer doing, um, theoretical mathematics research and, um, we went up to, this isn't where I did it, but we went and did some project with um, a lab at Princeton. And Uh there was so much there, like chess and go and all these things where they spent a lot of their time just sitting around playing. And then an idea would strike and then they would execute on it. Um, So I think in academia and science and stuff, we understand like that quote non-productive. And even the startup world. Yeah. Right. That, that, that quote non-productive time is actually, you know, like, my 40 hours should include, I don't want to go back to the 40 hour a week model, but my 40 hours should include like time for me to just sit and play video games or watch whatever, or read or whatever, because that's part of the fuel. And if I don't fill yeah. that hopper, then I don't have ideas. So my whole career, I've spent my off hours filling up and then going to work and like blurbing it all out. And then like, okay, they're like, that's two hours of work. Now where's your other 38? So So it's interesting that you took it in that particular direction because it's a good insight and it's still not quite what I'm referring to because you can take a wonder, like I'm literally talking about like the number of people, (laughs) like not as much time because I'm, I'm saying, you know, if you have a hundred people that maybe you would only have like two or three with wonder and event and you would need the bottom half way, way more enablement and tenacity if people were going to, if a team was going, and I love that you thought about it the other direction, because now you're starting to be able to be responsible for your, your investment of yourself in a community and a company and what that might look like and all that stuff in a way that's really accessible. But I'm just looking at like, if we take a slice of a team, irrelevant, ugh, whatever, if I have a team if let's just say every genius was distributed, you know, equally, you know, we did an assessment. It was like just across the board. Then even if the wonder inventors are only showing up, you know, for like 10% of the hours that enable and tenacity people are showing up for like on the clock in the same way, but they're off fueling that or doing whatever you still are going to have to pull. You still have an imbalance because, you know, if you had, I can't even do the math. What is it? What would it be like? You know, who cares? But about, you know, a six about eight percent of each. Yeah. If you had a hundred people, wouldn't... you'd have about eighteen in each one. Okay, thanks for doing that for me. I really wanted. I knew twenty percent wasn't right. Um, but if you had a six of people, they one six of one. If you had one six talents, wonders, and mentors, and they don't all go across like that, right? But I mean, you would really be so many endless ideas. And then also, where else do you get anything? Like you need to 
have some kind of proportionality to that. So when I look at assembling teams, like if the whole world adopted this and we weren't bottom heavy, just naturally with enablement and tenacity and galvanizers or whatever in that sort of direction through, then I think that in the world, most people, a, a huge percentage of people would have to spend a huge percentage of time doing things that they don't like in their work every day for the world to work. And maybe this is part of the world evolving, but um, it is kind of a quandary that I've just been left with like, hmm, because I mean, we, there was a woman on there who has a staffing company, right? You and I could have three or four executive assistants just between you and I, who endlessly were just working on whatever ideas we came up with and both be working part-time. And here's something that is maybe a way to think about this. So you're never going to get away from the time thing being a little bit disproportional, but maybe if we really did unleash the, the wonder invent discernment, they could invent <laughs> ways to make that, to make work easier. Like, I mean, how many times That's what I was referring to with, um, with uh, when I said like the evolution of it, right? Right. Like I've sat with you and created systems with you that cut your workload, right? Would you yeah, agree? Of course. Totally. Um, and when I'm creating a system like that, I am in invention and discernment. It doesn't drain me. It's not tenacity until it's time to turn it off and start executing or turn it, hand it off and start executing on it. So it's not that I don't want to like put my hands on the keyboard or the paper or whatever and right, do stuff. Right. Um, so I wonder if we were courageous enough to really unleash that, um, like it's, it reminds me of, um, there's a guy named Larry wall and he invented, um, a programming language. And he also came up with, um, the three virtues of a good programmer, which are laziness, impatience, and hubris, um, (laughs) and laziness and impatience are about about inventing those systems. Like he said, lazy so that you would never do manually something like a a good programmer would rather spend an hour writing a program to do something than an hour doing something. Right. And that's, that's invention. Right. That is not a tenacity test, even though they're, they're quote finishing. um, It still is up at the high level. So I think if we were really courageous enough to fill these roles in these different ways, the inventor discerner wonder people could maybe even fill their time with that kind of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you and right. I, and sat- it's not only a, like we've talked over and over. It's not just a linear process, like wonder and event and then peace out. Like I pull you in way deep into projects all the time for some invention around language or why am I stuck here or what isn't working or how do we structure this better or whatever. So it isn't, you know, quite like that. And I talked to Peggy, like, Hey, with all your enablement, your tenacity enablement, like, wouldn't you still love if you just got paid not for just only your time, but for how amazingly you tenacity and enabled those processes over what the average person does and didn't even have to go to like a third of the meetings and, you know, all the things. And she's like, yes, I would love to be paid for how productive I am and how many things I completed and helped with and finished and ran with. And I mean, so there's, you know, they're still looking at, we're still pulling in, even though we're not trying to the time for money conversation. Right. Yeah. I think, I think it's something, I think what it is, is a place, a, a, a context to hold rather than a question to get answered right now, because I don't yeah. think you can answer it in the current world of work because this doesn't exist in the current world of work. So any answer no, would just be hypothetical, 
right? Yeah. So I think it's just a really interesting context to hold of like, how do we really, what happens when we put everyone in their genius? What happened? What would happen? What would pop up? And there's no question that every single company that I can even think of and every single entrepreneur and team should have in this kind of insight in their work and look at structuring teams around this, um, irrelevant of any of that, like, you know, 8 billion people, et cetera, but really starting to dial that in. It's so useful in that staffing decisions and all kinds of things should be made around empowering people from that perspective. And that's part of why it's brilliant. I'm sure it'll continue to get evolved and evolved and evolved. Yeah. And I'm sure it's not the case that the geniuses are evenly distributed, just like strengths are, aren't they pretty heavy in the executing? I don't actually know that. Let's find out so we can talk about that next time. Okay. So I think this is a good place to wrap. Wait, no, I really want to tell the story about my AirPods before we go. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Can we please end with something funny? So, um, Peggy's using a potty chair. I, I think she'll die if she ever gets bored enough to listen I to was my podcast. Say. <laughs> she cannot safely transport herself, you know, into the wheelchair, into the bathroom. She can't put any weight on her heels at all. I so, know I had to use a bedpan for two days when I had a baby and that was like the worst thing ever because they didn't trust me to not have a stroke. Yeah, that's just awful. And thank God there's better. I mean, she can leave her legs on the bed and transfer her hiney to the potty chair and back, right? This is the ladies room. We talk about diapers and stuff. And also this is the most amazing thing. The potty chair has these bags that have liners that just absorb everything. It's better than a diaper. You just tie it up and you're good. Like who cares? It was easy. There's no cleanup. It's great. I anyway, love, just wait, wait, wait. Potty chair at night. I love that. Once again, you are telling a joke backwards because you said, um, can I tell oh. about my AirPods? And then you launch right into Peggy has a potty chair. So we all know where this is going, but continue. <laughs> well, you know, I'm never going to get it right. I'm going to work on it. So we, uh, anyway, so I wake up this morning and I like slept on the floor in her room on like this cushion. And then she had to be in the middle of the bed, which she wanted to snuggle with me. But I was like, this is too dangerous. So we all, you know, I wake up and I look in the potty. And there's like, she folds her toilet paper in these like perfect origami squares. And I was like, there's two white squares and a pink square. And I was like, where did you get pink toilet paper? And we both look in with a little more light and we're like, oh, those are my AirPods. And my AirPod case was in the pee. So I like pulled it out and opened it up and the pee all came out. Luckily the AirPods were in my ears when I fell asleep. So they're still working, which is freaking amazing is the grossest thing that's ever happened in the ladies room that is, it's pretty impressive right it really is it's yeah it's not <laughs> even the cost of having to replace my airpods it was like oh god what if i have to like go to the costco to i mean just like one extra thing to do it's too much yeah one more thing like like the ups sprayed. oh i said who it was well whatever the people who damaged my driveway and then i got in touch with the the designers who arranged the freight delivery. And they said, well, we can give you the guy's uh, phone number and you can call him and arrange something like, no, 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 no. You don't get to fuck up my driveway and put something on my to-do list. No, right. That is double insult. Here's some pictures, pay to fix it. And Um, in all fairness, like I have no idea how that happened in the night. I easily could have knocked him off the couch in there as she could have like pulled him off the charger onto there. Who knows? But I'm, I told her it really doesn't matter. I'm going to blame you. That's fair. 
And it's been added a lot of humor to my day. Yes. I, I like to, you're like, this doesn't have to fit. I'm just going to tell this story. I like to make yeah. it fit, but you just don't care about it. <laughs> I'm just going to have to you lean know, into that. I just wanted to, I'm just galvanizing that it needs to be entertaining for me. Okay. All right. You All could right. invent a way to make that fit if we gave you enough time. I know what you just like. I'm like, okay, it's time to wrap. You're like, no, I have to tell about the pee thing. Like, okay. Right, not related at all. You all can right. tell the pee story. Because we could have even Wait, said at the beginning. I think like, we should tell people too what you're about to leave for because for sure we'll be talking about that next week. Yes. And here's how I would have tied in your your AirPod story. I would have said <laughs> that I had audio, like we had some audio concerns and we're hoping everything will go well because... <laughs> you know, and then you could have launched right into the P story. And then there would have been good timing. And I'm sorry. It's just, you know, I know. I'm for sure not adopting any new skills in the middle of this current crisis. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't think it's in your genius. <laughs> it's, no, being funny. is not my genius. for sure. I like to, on one of the podcasts that you said, you've been trying to get me to teach you storytelling for 15 years when, when we haven't known We've each other that long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get somebody to teach me my whole life. And definitely you since I've known you. Yeah. It's funny because I didn't even know that was a skill I had until you told me. Right. I yeah. In Italy too. Yeah. So it wasn't even like, you know, five years ago. All right. Tell the thing. Okay. So um, in the midst of all this chaos, because uh, I was talking about the freight delivery and everything. So the house is all almost all packed up because we're replacing the floors. Yay. Ugly Satil can go away. Um, <laughs> but I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Bethel for the school of the prophets. And I am super excited about that. And what is that for people who have no idea what you're talking about? It's, I don't know. It's set theory is the theory of sets. I don't know how else to explain it. Yes, it's, it's a school of the prophets. It's a prophet it's a, school. It's a, it's prophet school. It's a school to develop your prophetic gifting. Um, N to X and <laughs> one to N. <laughs> <laughs> no they um they so it feels like it's starting a second podcast but they um there's a couple people who founded it some at Bethel and some at not it's hosted by Bethel but it's not actually a Bethel event um and they said you know we really want to raise up this generation of prophets um and they distinguished the office of the prophet from the gift of prophecy so like anybody can go and you get and do you consider this part of your woo I do. Absolutely. Okay, well, we'll just continue the woo-volution conversation later. Yeah. I can't even say it without, like, my when mouth I- turns into this, like, like I'm eating something terrible. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> called the last, the second one, woo part duh. I should have spelled it W-E-U-X. It feels like a missed opportunity. And I don't even know if you would be willing to do this. I'm totally putting you on the spot, but you are taking a blend, which I'm kind of losing my mind about to give people just inside of love and bringing your gifting to it. And I wish that you would put the link in the podcast because, or when we record it, because it's so good. It's just, and then we can talk about it later. Yeah. I think it is one that I'd like to make for sale. I did stand up a, um, a page about it because I made it for someone it's called creation song and I made it specifically for her and I altered it slightly, but she said she's already shared it with a couple people and they're having amazing um, conversations. We're starting a second podcast right now. No, um, no, we're not. But just share the link and then, you know, well, I don't do have whatever a, you're going to do. I, we'll do what we'll do when it's time is coming. But um, okay, it's really cool because I was 
I was stressed and overwhelmed because you wanted me to create a blend. You were suggesting I create a blend for this thing I'm going to. I was galvanizing you. Galvanizing me. And (laughs) packing up the house caught me by surprise. It was supposed to happen three weeks from now, not this week. And I'm like, I just don't have the bandwidth one more thing. I just can't. And then you pointed out, you know, oh, this one I just created and how perfect it is and how much I love the whole generating in language conversation. Um, And that's what this this blend is it's that it's for generative speaking um so beautiful yeah so and i imagine space. yeah i imagine it will land in the shop at some point and it's almost like when i did wonder woman and made that for a thing and then it ended up becoming kind of one of my signatures so i think creation song is going to end up being one of my signatures also all right well i'm very excited because you're going to be offering things we're going to be offering some genius things soon Um, I can't wait to start doing what we've been doing in a more concrete way. Yes, me too. And one last thing about the creation song, I created it for someone as a thank you for someone who helped you in this crisis. So I love how it's all tied together. I was wondering why you didn't just say like someone who I didn't even know offered me a place to stay for months at her house. And it just ended up being like too far away from the hospital and someone else stepped in. But Lynn was like, I'll do anything nice for anybody that I can do to help. And like, I think, could you make this lady a blend? I think she would like that. And it is like so beautiful how that worked out. Yeah. And she really did love it. She's showing it. I mean, she's sharing it with people. So obviously, because she's a doTERRA person too. So I just gave her the recipe. So she's mixing it up mixing as much up. as she wants, but it's awesome. Okay. So that's like one. Of the um, here's another podcast that we said, let's keep it short. <laughs> I know it's never I try short. to galvanize us into short conversations, but these are short conversations for us because normally we just talk for like five hours. I know. And I tried to wrap and you were like, no, I have to tell the P story. And then, tell said, story. and then you galvanized me into like two or three more things. So it's all on you. Well, girl. there's a teaser. All right. All right. So now we're leaving the ladies room with our AirPods in our purses and not in the toilet. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right. See you next time in the ladies room. All right. Ciao. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at 5 Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm-hmm.